Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I'm extremely excited for tonight's episode on being at cause versus being at effect. So right now, as I record this podcast, we're amidst the coronavirus pandemic, which has caused all of us collectively to be at effect. In other words, there's a force beyond our control that is exerting a significant amount of um, restriction on most of our lives, some more acutely and more significantly than others. But for the first time in a very long time, all of us and all of our lives are being at effect to this virus, if you will. And what it brings to bear is the nuance of what that means for all of us. You know, I have deep empathy for um, those frontline workers that are putting their life at risk, for the, you know, the mother, single mothers um, and fathers out there dealing with childcare, the 30 million Americans who have lost uh, their jobs, their livelihoods, their sense of purpose. I actually think the ancillary risks of depression and suicide and, and just listlessness are potentially going to be more deadly than the disease, quote-unquote, itself. Um, and so what it brings to mind is I think that we all have the opportunity not necessarily to control the disease or a virus, uh, but we do have control over how we respond. In other words, we are all to a degree at effect, but we can decide amidst that to be at cause in how we show up within that context. And I think that's going to be one of the great differentiators. Are you using this time to, you know, Tiger King and chill, uh, <laughs> which no judgment. I watch Tiger King. I've definitely not been perfect myself, but I think there's also an opportunity to double down on the book that you've always wanted to write. Um, there's a, you know, do you use this as an opportunity to totally let yourself go or to rise up in, in the challenge and get fitter than you've ever been in your life? Um, you know, there, there's a variety of ways to look at this. And I think it is pushing and calling forward our great need for resilience and the possibilities that come to bear when, when we are challenged. But oftentimes, growth individually and collectively is born out of that sense of pressure, those obstacles that, that come to us. It's not when things are, are, are easy and comfortable that we often grow. And so I think, you know, this is my personal belief is that there's kind of a, a great guy in intelligence, um, and this is not to uh, make light of anyone's suffering. I just think that there's so much, um, so many inputs right now that are that are putting pressure on our collective life support system in the form of nature, and you know, my thinking is in part, we're being sort of warned. And what we are seeing is there's a great reset, you know, with far fewer cars being driven, you know, we're seeing, you know, holes in the ozone uh, patching up, we're seeing dolphins swimming in the Venice canals, we're seeing, you know, whales, you know, having rest from much needed rest from, you know, boat traffic and sonar. 
So I think there is a great sort of uh, reset that's happening, both in the natural world, but I think the opportunity is for us to also use this time for profound personal and collective reset. And I think that's kind of what's being called for from us. And if we don't heed those warnings, if we try to go back to quote-unquote business as usual, I think we'll have missed a profound opportunity to, to utilize this time and a time that I'm making no light of that has been tragic for many, but a time in which we can utilize that, that um, for lack of a better term, that crap as compost for new gardens, for new, new life, new possibility. How can we use the obstacles before us as opportunity for new horizons? And this is what's, I think, fascinating about this particular period in time. And in delving deeply in my own journey through it, having lost the man I love most on the planet whilst amidst pandemic, I've been going through a personal grieving and the death of my father whilst also we're amidst this collective grieving. So it's it's been a very... Um, been a very challenging process, but also in a way a beautiful process. You know, the Stoics have this saying, "Memento mori," which is to use death as a impetus for living. And I think the virus has forced all of us to confront that existential fear of death and dying. And I've had to actually confront it in my own life in losing the person. Uh, well people I love the most are my mother, my father, and my sister, and I lost a cornerstone of, of my family uh, in my father. But what that's calling forward in me is to rise in my own sense of possibility, you know, a passing of the torch, if you will, into a new version of, of manhood, a new version of, of kingship and sovereignty in my own life. But I think also collectively what we're being shown is that if we believe that we're islands on a hill, that we believe that our that our individual sovereignty exists um, in exclusion to our connection to all things, I think we've bought into a fallacy. Because what we are being shown right now is that we are inherently interconnected and interdependent. And that if someone gets ill with a virus on one side of the world, it can affect very quickly someone on the other side of the world. That we are all connected in ways we oftentimes take for granted. And so my belief is that there's kind of a great awakening that is feasible in us recognizing our collective future, our shared future, the necessity of us pivoting in the context of the ways in which we've been living, you know, with this this notion of the pursuit of happiness in uh, consumption without, you know, without regard. And I think we comp- compound that by 8 billion people. And um, if we continue down that course, as we've seen, I think there's going to be some very profound consequences. Um, so my hope is that we kind of awake to the possibilities both within and without. And it's my belief, and granted this gets into, an, uh, you know, a belief system, but it's my belief that we are living amidst a time in which with great challenge comes great opportunity. And collectively, you know, we are now evolving so quickly um, as humans on the planet, but also in, in our fast-paced evolution, depleting resources and, and species, we are amidst a mass extinction. 
and climate change is real. And the result is if we don't pivot and become more intelligent uh, in how we live, there will be a great reckoning. And I believe that with any challenge comes a commensurate opportunity, this sort of cosmological tension, which exists that allows life to flourish, right? In the solar system itself, the earth exists in dynamic tension with the sun. And that unique tension has enabled life as we know it to flourish as it has. The, the hawk and the rabbit in a more microcosmic view. The hawk has evolved because of its relationship to the rabbit. The hawk has evolved more keen eyesight. It is more adroit and cunning in its way of, of flight. The rabbit is, it has evolved a speed and dexterity as a result of that, that tension that exists in that predator-prey context. And I think with any tension, there exists an opportunity for growth, for profound growth. There also exists, I think, if we don't heed the opportunity within that tension, an opportunity for demise and decline. So I bring it back to this notion of being at cause and being at effect. I think there's certain things in certain times, and we are living amidst one now, where we are at effect collectively. And the question is, how will you rise up to be at cause in your life? You know, some things we cannot control. Many things, if not most things, we cannot control. But we can control our own lives. We can control how we respond to that which is presented to us, to the challenges that lie before us. And in that response, there is profound, profound freedom. You know, I'm reminded of Viktor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, and, what, you know, a gentleman who was confronted perhaps with the worst of circumstances in being uh, subjected to a labor camp um, in, you know, the, in Holocaust Europe. And <clears throat> yet amidst that time, you know, seeing the meaning, seeing the, the, if you will, silver lining amidst an extraordinarily dark cloud, perhaps the darkest of dark clouds, and I think within all of us lies the opportunity to see where, wherein lies our own silver lining. How can we take this time of being besieged by a virus? And, and to me, the virus takes many forms. I think there is an actual ta- tangible virus, which is infecting people and causing, unfortunately, undue suffering. But there's also a virus in the form of fear that's being propagated amidst the news. There's people who believe everything's a conspiracy and then there's people who think you know ever no one should wear a mask and and so there's all these different varieties of perspective but collectively they're causing this this sense of stress and and people are being consumed by this virus in the mind right so there's there's a there's a there's a tangible biological virus and then there's a virus that is fear that is that is being uh that is being uh spread and propagated all around. And within that, I think we have to ask ourselves a question, where do I have control? Where can I be at cause in my life? So some of the things that I've done is I've decreased my consumption of news. That's something I can do to be a cause. I have doubled down on my commitment to get up every morning and meditate at cause. I am journaling at cause. I'm getting sunshine at cause. I'm doing things that I know I need to maintain and hold my center amidst the storm that is uh, surrounding all of us. So I really encourage you guys as you listen to think about 
what is it that you can do to be at cause in your own life? And look at where you're being uh, affected, where you're at effect. You know, there's a, there's a saying in a leadership training I did that is, if you're not enrolling people into your own vision, you're being enrolled into theirs. And I think another way to think about that is, if you're not at cause in your own life, you're ostensibly in the drift and therefore at effect to the agendas of other people. And so even if at times we have to be at effect because there is a collective reckoning that is happening, such as is the case now, there's still our ability to respond to it. And I think that's where the power lies. The power lies for us always in our ability to respond to the circumstances before us. So I just want to encourage you guys, you know, take a deep breath, you know, with any great, with any great challenge, you know, there's 10 breaths go, 10 deep breaths go a long way and, and find your breath, find your center and really consider what are the ways in which I'm at effect right now and how can I be at cause in my life so that I can turn these obstacles into profound opportunities because I think those that really thrive in life are folks who aren't necessarily at effect to the storms before them, but always find ways to dance in the rain. So I hope you find a way to dance in the rain. I'm sending you guys so much love. I'm so grateful for this community. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, please go ahead and leave us a rating and review. It means the world to me. It helps us grow the audience and, and helps people find us um, on these various podcast platforms. So that would mean the world to me. As always, you can reach out at Michael Trainer on all social media, and I love and reply to um, to all outreach. So, thank you guys so much. Sending so much love. Go out there and live your inspired life.